am so excited to be here. I can't even tell you. It's like homecoming, right? That getting to be together, there's nothing like it. And when I think about this new year, I think about, again, there's so many people who have their hopes pinned on the fact that the calendar has changed. They, they believe that because two or three days ago it was 2020 and now it's 2021, everything will just automatically look different. And I want you to know, church, that we are so thankful to be in a new year and a new season, but our hopes are not pinned on a calendar. And they're not pinned on the date on your iPhone. Our hopes are pinned on an everlasting God. He is so able and so present and so powerful. And I believe that he has a word for us this morning. My, uh, my beginning place, my starting point is going to be in Psalm 34, verses 12 to 16. It sounds like this. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. Someone say amen. That's me. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. Who's the righteous in this room? If you've received Jesus, that's you. You can give an amen for that. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off their memory from the earth. So I'm not a big sermon title person, but if I had to give a sermon title and we just came out of the Christmas season, you know that carol. Do you hear what I hear? Who knows that carol? Do you hear what I hear? Come on. Um, uh, Well, imagine the Lord saying to you this morning, do you say what he says? Do you say what he says? I want you to listen to verse 12 again. It says, who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? The New Living Translation says it like this. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? And so I'm wondering in 2021, who wants a long and prosperous life? Raise your hands. Who wants days of heaven on earth? Who wants to see good? Those days where you're at the beach with your family and it's just rapturous. It's just joyous. Or those days in the fall where you're all snuggled up together by the fire. Who wants good days in 2021? And I believe that God has something for us to see those good days. And so we go back to 12 and we have that next line. So if we want to see good days, what do we do? It says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. And I don't know about you, church, but I fully believe. And who has a Bible in this place? Do you mind holding it up? If you have a Bible, if you have a physical Bible, come on, my old schoolers, the millennials and I are like, my phone, where is it? Oh no, I'm away from my, I'm freaking out because I don't have my phone on me. Um, uh, those, the, the, give me that old time, those old time believers right here. And so there are many translations of that text, right? But I believe that the original was God-breathed. Not just, and this is an important point, not just that we have some amazing men of God who thought or imagined some things and wrote them down, but that like a CEO dictates a memo to a secretary that God is breathing out every single word. And just like anything that God does does not stop, right? We know that the universe is still expanding. Why? Because God said, let there be light 
and there was no period at the end of that sentence. It's continuing to grow, right? So just like anything that God begins has no end, his word continues to be living and active and action-oriented and doing things and creating situations and causing good to come about in your life, amen? And so if every word is God-breathed, that means every phrase, every sentence is worth diving into, amen? And so if we have, if we're holding up that verse 12 and we look at that phrase, keep your tongue from evil, that word evil in the Hebrew, the original, the word is ra'ah. Someone say ra'ah. R-A-A, ra'ah. Ra'ah, it literally means bad, absolutely. But it also means sad, unhappy, hurtful, and unkind. And I'm so curious that we think of not speaking evil to others, but I'm curious about the words that you've been saying over yourself in the last 12 months. I'm wondering what have you been saying? Have those been words full of joy? We had an entire um, session. We had messages on joy and peace. And I'm wondering if what you've been saying has been full of joy in this past year. Have you been repeating what you've been seeing on TV, on social media, from your friends that may or may not be believers, right? I'm wondering if the words coming out of our mouths in these last year have caused us to look to Christ or have we been saying things like, I'm so forgetful. I always mess that up. I'm such a failure. I can never get that right. I'm wondering what the words have been, what, what have we been prophesying over ourselves in the last 12 months? If we go back to our our text, we have the second part of that phrase, right? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. The New Living Translation says it like this, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. And when we look at that word lies or guile, depending on your translation, the original is merma. Someone say merma. Merma. This is a fascinating word because... It actually means a number of things, including deceit, treachery, and fraud. And the first time it shows up is in a story that I think is a powerful reflection of how we might see ourselves before God. Now, it's a story of a man named Jacob. If you're familiar with your Bibles, you know who this is. Uh, He's a little bit infamous, but he's a perfect picture of how we are so, we are so lost without the grace of God. Now, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham, and Abraham is a big old deal. He is the first man ever, 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 ever in the history of the Bible to be covenanted with by God himself. Now, covenants are a huge deal because we're really familiar with contracts, which can be broken or renegotiated, but a covenant is for life. There is no changing a covenant. A covenant ends when the covenant makers die. And who knows, our God is living forever. So that covenant with Abraham continues on. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But Abraham is that person. And now go down two generations and we have Jacob. Now Jacob has a twin brother. His brother's name is Esau. And in the time that Jacob lived, the firstborn son gets the entire inheritance. He gets everything. Now, Jacob is a twin with Esau, and we have a predicament, do we not? Because if we have the firstborn son gets everything, but these are twins, right? They technically were born at the same time of the same age. But Esau came out first. 
he was technically born first. And so even though they are the same age, born at the same time, Esau is in line to get everything. And now he, if we pick up the story in Genesis, in, excuse me, Genesis 27, verse 1, we have this picture of this family, right? And we have the father, his name is Isaac, and he's old and he's blind, and he does not know when he is going to die. And so he asked Esau, the firstborn, right, to go out, go hunt, go get his favorite, favorite food, which is venison, prepare it, bring it back. And the Bible says when his heart is merry, he'll give him the blessing of the firstborn. And we've just talked about how this blessing, this blessing is coming from Abraham, right? This is a huge deal. The person who gets this blessing is set for life. They have the the amazing blessing and anointing and power of God coming down from generations over their life, over their families, over everything they touch. And so getting this blessing is a pretty big deal. And so Esau, thrilled at this news, goes out, does what his father asked him to do. But in the meantime, their mother, Rebecca, has a plan of her own. So you see, church, before these boys were born, God spoke to their mother, Rebecca, and said that the younger son would actually be the prominent one. Jacob would be the one to, um, to prosper, that Esau, the older son, would actually be the one to serve him. And this presents a curious moment, because I don't know if anyone in this room knows this, but God does not actually need your help. I'm so sorry to break it to you. I'm so sorry. God does not actually need your help. This is a good word. Whatever God has promised you, prophesied to you, purposed for you, is dependent on God and not you. Right? This Bible that some people, not me, some people are holding in their laps right now, that Bible is proof positive that if God doesn't do a thing, it's not getting done. And he chooses in the weakness of our human flesh, in the weakness of our abilities, in the weakness of what we have, to take it to redeem it and do amazing things for his glory. But it's dependent on him and not us. Amen? If he doesn't do it, it's not getting done. And so instead of what us enlightened Christians might have done and just wait for God to speak, Rebecca decides to take matters into her own hands. So instead of waiting for direction, she chooses to dress up her son Jacob as Esau. She puts on Esau's clothes that she has in her tent and she puts them on her younger son Jacob. She gets even goat skins because Jacob is smooth and Esau a hairier guy and so she puts on those goat skins to make him feel like Esau now he smells a little bit like Esau because he's wearing his clothes and she goes and prepares her favorite food herself and I want you to hear something really interesting in verse 11 of Genesis 27 and Rebecca tells Jacob her wild plan and Jacob answers his mother and it says behold Esau my brother is a hairy man and I am a smooth man perhaps my father will feel me and I will be as a deceiver say deceiver I will be as a deceiver in his sight and I will bring upon me a curse and not a blessing but his mother said to him your curse be on me my son only obey my voice and go and get them for me go get the young goats that I'm going to use to prepare this meal for your father go get them for me I want you to see this Jacob immediately is conscious of the curse 
He's immediately conscious of the penalty of his actions. It's so interesting. Even if you go to an unbelieving person and ask them, so what do you kind of have to do to get into heaven? They'll immediately go, well, you do good things. You don't do bad things. You know, you try to be nice to people. Don't do anything really heinous. Try not to kill anyone. And you probably, you'll probably be okay. Things will probably be okay. Even the unbeliever is conscious of this idea of doing good things to get to heaven and doing bad things not to be um, separated from God. They're, they're stuck in that, in that mindset. Whereas what we're saying is that you can get the good you do not deserve because Jesus has done for you what you could not do. That he has become your sacrifice. And even though you deserve every bad thing, that God himself took your place, exchanged places with you, and now you receive what he deserves. Amen. And this idea, there's no amount of good things that we're ever going to be able to do to get to God. We know this, correct? And so it requires God himself reaching out to us and taking our place. And so this is what's so interesting in this story. With Jacob being immediately conscious of the curse, conscious of his actions, he does what his mother tells him to do. He goes in, he goes along with the charade. He's, he's eventually able to convince his father. It takes a little bit convincing. But I wonder if this is a picture of some of us. That we come into the presence of God and we're asking for a blessing with our mouths, but our hearts are conscious of the curse. We're conscious of what we've done wrong. We're conscious of how we failed. And the Bible says that we are in Christ, and that couldn't be more true. Each one of you who've received Jesus as your Savior, you are in Christ. But, and church, when you come to the Father, God sees you. I have to say that again. God sees you. Church, he sees your imperfections. He sees your failures. He sees the place where you've come short, but he sees them on the body of Jesus Christ. He sees them on the cross of Calvary. And not just that, he sees Jesus' perfection in you. That means you don't have to do and achieve or act like you have it all together to be blessed by God. It means that because of what Jesus did for you, that you are his son, you are his daughter. And that if your salvation did not depend on you, why do your actions now dictate whether or not you were blessed by God? Somebody has to get that this morning. That God is not assessing you based on do this, get good, do, do right, get good, do wrong, be cursed. That you are in a completely new, you are in a completely new dispensation in the grace of God in which you receive what Jesus deserves. And Jesus always deserves blessing. He always deserves God's favor. He always deserves what is beautiful and what is wonderful. And so you might be saying, but Victoria, does that mean I can just go around and do whatever I want? Because you're a child of God, the love of God shed abound in your hearts means that you want nothing more than to please your father. There is nothing more important to you than the love of God being translated into everything you do, every word you say, every interaction you have. That knowing that you are free from any kind of system that requires you to act or achieve does not allow you to go into sin. It motivates you into doing what God desires in your life. And the Holy Spirit inside of you is the one that's convicting you that you are righteous, you are accepted, you are loved by God. And there is nothing you can do. Hear this. There is nothing you can do that will separate you from the grace of God. I have like 45 minutes left and we have to, we're going to have to wrap this up. I'll talk quickly. 
<laughs> so I want you to see this. This is a beautiful picture, actually. If we go back to that story, Jacob stood in Esau's place. Think about this. Close your eyes and think about this. Jacob stood in Esau's place when he went into his father. But church, you stand in Jesus's place to receive an even bigger blessing from our father without pretending and without pretense. Jacob put on his brother's clothes, right? He put on his clothes that his mother had in his tent, but, but Jesus' robe of righteousness is what you're clothed in. He's, he's crowned you with his glory and he's wrapped you in his robe of righteousness. A young goat had to die, right? For Jacob to be able to put on the skins, for his mother to be able to make this meal. Didn't the lamb of God, didn't he have to die for you? Wasn't he the one who... who went to the cross, who was slain so that you could be washed in his blood and freed from all of your sins. And Jacob brought food to delight his father's heart, but we bring the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise for the spirit of happiness. I believe in the last few months, there has been a spirit of happiness on so many of us. And it's because we've forgotten (laughs) that we have been given so much We've been given so much. There is, there, is, there is no quantifying. There is no earthly number that could put in our, in our concept, in our understanding, that could put the true value of what the blood of Jesus Christ is worth. And that was shed liberally for you, for each one of you. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.